we're not just social, but maybe we're social because we are sacred. Hi, everyone. Gary Tester from Catholic Charities. And you, sir? And I'm, oh, we got caught up, didn't we? And, and I'm Father Anthony. And guess from where? Catholic Charities. I love that part. Oh, you know, so. It's good to see you. Well, we Here haven't we seen each other again, in forever. You know, it's, it's been forever. It does feel yeah. like that. But we're back for Mercy in Action podcast. And today we're going to talk about the call to family, community, and participation in our continuing series on Catholic social teaching. Wow. Isn't we're that doing deep? that. You we know, are. I mean, it seems to be the center of everything that we do. I think our plan right now, Father Anthony, is to do one podcast a year for the next seven years to cover all the themes of social teaching. Wow. You know, I mean, do you think that I'll be around that long? You know, I mean, I can only pray at my in my youth here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so, good to see you. Are you prepared to start us off the way you always do? I will start us off with a prayer. Great. So let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, our brother and Lord, Son of God and Son of Mary, in word and deed, you sought to heal and reconcile relationships within families and communities. May we claim our dignity as part of this great human family and work to protect and fortify every family that communities may be strengthened, anchored in true justice and lasting peace. We ask this in your name because you live and reign with God the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Gary, one of the things that we always do, we always start with, with a reading from Scripture. We always do. You taught me that. Yes. Oh, what? Are you going to change the rules today? I'm going to change the rules just for today. Rebel. Because I came across this thing, you know, uh, something called Deus Caritas Est. I think I've heard of that. Yes. You know, there's a pope we had, a Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Yes. And, and so there's something in it I felt maybe we should start with that today because I believe that today we're going to have a number of scripture references. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could just do that. Absolutely. With your permission. You are my chaplain. I will go wherever you lead. So here are these words from Deus Caritas Est. And Pope Benedict said, Love of God and love of neighbor are thus inseparable. They form a single commandment. But both live from the love of God who has loved us first. No longer is it a question then of a commandment imposed from without and calling for the impossible, but rather of a freely bestowed experience of love from within, a love by which, by its very nature, must then be shared with others. Love grows through love. Love is divine because it comes from God and unites us to God. And through this unifying process, it makes us a we which understands our divisions and makes us one. Until in the end, God is all in all. It's beautiful. That this is what community life is all about. 
when we think of the human person and the dignity of that person and that call to community, it is a call to become and to represent what God really is. And God is one. And therefore, we become one with the community. And we can only remain one with that community if we recognize, first of all, then, the inherent dignity of each human person. And therefore, I have to recognize my human dignity. And then I will recognize your human dignity. And of course, where does it all come from? It comes from God. Therefore, Benedict says, it's not something outside of us, but it comes from within us, because that is how we were created. We're created to be a part of community. Without community, we are nothing. You know, I recall that when we talk about that dignity of the human person, which we covered in our first podcast about the first tenet of Catholic social teaching, we talked about the fact that we have dignity because we're created in the image and likeness of God. And so as I, in, in my mind, as I contemplate what you're saying, Father, that dignity is inherent. As Pope Benedict XVI indicated, what exists love within us is internal. It's not imposed upon us as a commandment. It actually exists already within us because we're created in the image and likeness of God. And when I think about this tenet of Catholic social teaching, we talk about community. And, you know, I'm sure we could go out on the street and we could interview 100 people and we'd probably come up with, you know, at least 100 different definitions of community. The social teaching itself talks about that the core of Catholic social teaching is marriage and the family. They're the core of this particular tenet. And what you just read underscores that because it's that love that we share in community and the most, the closest community that we have is our family. Oh, oh most definitely. You know, the, the thing about it is that I think of growing up and my mother would always, whenever we were being sent out for anything, should all say, remember who you are. <laughs> and remembering who we were was that we had to remember the family to which we belonged mm -hmm. so that we are not going out there just as individuals, but we were representing, representing the family from which we came. Absolutely. You know, you know I think of, um, you, you mentioned that we'll use some scripture references. Um, if we go to, to the book of Genesis, that and we talk the first about book in the Bible. I believe that's yeah. in the beginning. In, in, oh. The old side joke, by the way. Did <laughs> you know that that's really a reference to baseball in the big inning? Just oh, kidding. Oh. Just kidding. Uh, I, I, I couldn't I, help I but throw I, that I, in I th there. I think it's more like cricket, you know, cricket, you know, because that's where we have inning, proper innings. I understand know. completely. <laughs> I've watched cricket, by the way. I still profess that I don't get it very well, but I know it's something similar to America's favorite pastime. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the book of Genesis, what they talk about is that God created Adam, and there were the animals and the plants and the birds and the trees and the creatures of the sea, and he was charged with naming them all, but he was still alone. And so God created Eve to be his partner. It's not good that man should be alone. Mm. I think that's in Genesis 2. Mm. And here we are talking about the fact that you're, you're pointing out from Pope Benedict and certainly from other sources, we're not meant to be alone. We're, it, we are social creatures. We, we do belong. Yeah. And, you know, and, and as of course, as we have with this call to community and family says that we're not just social, 
but maybe we're social because we are sacred. Going back to you the know, idea yes. that we're created in the image and, and likeness. Yes. And, you know, Father, I've heard reference before to this, this notion of community that we reference the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it points out that even three in one, it, there's a sense of community there that God the Father created us, God the Son came and experienced his passion for us, and God the Holy Spirit comes to be with us in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Again, driving home that message that even God desires to be with us in so many different ways that brings back that notion of community. And, and therefore, every aspect of our lives, I think, should be a representation of that trinity. You know, because we, we see in the way as we live in community that there is a creative part of us. You know, there is the, um, the part of incarnation which is what Jesus mm-hmm. did and and there is the empowering which comes through the Holy Spirit and you know and when we think of the ministry that we do is this exactly what we're doing well it really is and, and and you know you and I have talked before about just the importance of understanding Catholic social teaching um, the importance of forming your conscience and understanding what scripture tells us what the catechism of the church tells us and then if we need to what canon law mm helps us to bring together. One of the things I'm really curious about, and and because of your work at Bishop Moore, a little shout out to Tom Doyle and the folks at Bishop Moore High School. Father Anthony, why do we have so many different definitions of community out there if Catholic social teaching seems to be pretty clear about what we're doing? You know, and, and that is where the problem is, because I think that we can get very confused. And when we get confused, we also become confusing. And and I believe that this is what comes about because of human sin. Because any time we choose to go on our own path, it means that we're moving away from being social beings. <laughs> because we have forgotten, you know, the sacredness of who we are. And therefore, what we try to do is that we try to become God. <laughs> and so in becoming God, we have to come up with, with our own way of dealing with things. So we stray from that path. And so, you know, when, when you think of, so we talk about Catholic social teaching, but we also talk about Catholic education. And if Catholic education strays from that path, then we're creating persons not for community, but we're creating persons to become islands by themselves and to be separated from community. And really, isn't this what happened in the book of Genesis when sin came in? Mm -hmm. The first (laughs) function of sin is to divide. But we have to get back on track. We're always being reminded to go back to our first call, our first love, so to speak. And of course, our first love is supposed to be God. So Jesus taught us that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that is in the New Testament that comes from Scripture and Deuteronomy, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe, from Moses. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when he's asked about what the greatest commandment is, he says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord that way. The second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And again, what I hear you saying is if we truly embrace 
scripture, if we truly embrace the catechesis of the Catholic Church, then we work in harmony for one another instead of becoming islands unto ourselves. Mm. And I'm reminded in the Acts of the Apostles, uh, when we talk about them being in the Senecal, they were all together in one place together. Mm. And it's interesting why together is mentioned twice in one mm -hmm. sentence. And part of what I've always thought about is they were together physically, but they were also together in spirit mm -hmm. and they were together in need. And it seems to me that in today's world, that's one of the things we often struggle with is we may be in the same room together, but we don't think alike. We don't work alike. Mm -hmm. We don't we may not even love God, let alone acknowledge that God exists. You know, how often do we hear people talk about being lonely in a crowd? Mm -hmm. That is a consequence of sin in our society. When we read it is not good for the man to be alone, mm -hmm. I think it is also referring to, to the fact that we are not supposed to be isolated. We're supposed to come together. For example, you know, I, I shouldn't say poor me, but I don't have a wife, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so forth. But, but does that make me less of a sacred and social human being? And Absolutely then, and not. Says no, good. Therefore, it's not good for us to be alone. We have to work together because isolation will really be the death of us. And we have come across this during this time that, you know, when we were going through the pandemic, how COVID 19 brought people into isolation. We have heard of so many persons who have committed suicide, mm -hmm. you know, because of this isolation. All of this, I think, are things that we need to be addressing by coming together as one, bearing one another's burdens. Well, and you know, you, you touch on a very important item, and, and certainly at Catholic Charities, we've dealt with seniors who have been especially traumatized by the pandemic and by the social isolation and the depression that follows, the anxiety that comes with that, the fear. I'm reminded of the fact that the primary celebration of community in the Catholic Church is the Mass. Mm -hmm. And we celebrate the Mass together. And I know in the last few weeks, as our churches have opened back up more and more significantly, I think at Easter we were allowed to, to admit more people into the, into the church itself for Mass. You can feel the spirit building. You can literally look and see those who are coming back. You can see the joy in their being. Not just you can't see smiles necessarily because we're masked, mm. but you can tell by body posture and body language it's good to be together. It's It certainly is. You know, I, I mean, I've seen this at Bishop Moore because mm -hmm. we mentioned Bishop Moore earlier on. And there are students who have been, you know, sort of, well, operating virtually, and who for the last few days decided, you know, that they were going to come back to school. And I see them, of course, they're not practicing social distancing because they want to hug people. They, sure. they want to, you know, so it is that craving for community. Mm -hmm. And God knew what he was doing. Right, you know, right. And, and why should we try to go against that? Yes. Well, you know, there are so many, I, when I think of Scripture, there are so many fascinating examples that, that when you begin to just brainstorm on all the different ways that we look at that. I, I, I think of uh, Mary when she traveled to see Elizabeth. She traveled to see family. She mm -hmm. traveled during hardships 
uh, through rough terrain, but she went to be part of community, to give of herself for someone else, which I, is not the exact definition, but close to the definition of love that Aquinas talked mm-hmm. about, the willing of the good for the other. Mm-hmm. And you can just see where that opportunity for community really has the potential mm-hmm. to draw us in. But as you pointed out, it also, in, in a worldview standpoint, has a potential to tremendously divide and isolate. Mm-hmm. When we talk about Catholic social teaching, there are these three words that we hear all the time. See, judge, act. We need to see our community. We need to see when the community is not operating as a proper community. And then we need to make a judgment call. And and I think that, that that is where it comes from, you know, from the book of Micah. Prophet Micah chapter 6, you know, and, and verse 6, then it says, you know, act justly. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, when we're acting justly, it tells us what that acting justly is because it is love and kindness and walking humbly with God. So, so we make the judgment and that is the action. So when we walk humbly with God, I think it's all about the community again. It's about the incarnation. It's being there with and being there for. We've had the privilege during the history of our podcast to talk with lots of people engaged in really beautiful ministries. That's why we named it Mercy in Action, looking at how mercy looks in different parishes and in in different agencies across Central Florida. And what you just said in in quoting um, Micah uh, really resonates with me in terms of we are to see and we are to act and we do do so trying to understand the situation that people are in. And it goes then to um, uh, the Apostle James, where he points out that, you know, we have to take into account the needs of others. Uh, in fact, uh, James 2, our faith is dead if we ignore others in need. Mercy says that we respond to them and the opposite of not responding to them is to ignore them. And our very faith, the very being that we have, the, the, again, being created in the image and likeness of God, being created to be together, we're challenged literally to take into account the needs of others regardless of their state in life and try and respond to them, right? Yep, almost definitely. You know, I, I think we have passed the year of mercy, but we had this logo that for the year of mercy, mm-hmm. where we see Jesus carrying on his shoulder this broken person. Yes. And and in carrying him, what, what we see there is that instead of seeing four eyes, we actually see three eyes. So that the eye of Jesus becomes you know, well, that mm-hmm. eye becomes mm-hmm. one with our eye. So we need to be able to see the world through the eyes of Jesus. And, mm. and of course, what eye does he have? It, he has the eyes of mercy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we see. And therefore, as we see this, then it moves us to do something. We have to take people on our shoulder and we have to help them to see that what is done for them is not being done by 
Gary Tester nor Anthony Aarons, but it's being done in the name of Jesus, and therefore they should see Jesus acting in their lives. So when you say that, I pick up immediately a sense of freedom. Hmm. You and I have had this kind of a conversation before. As humans, we put conditions on ourselves that restrict us. Hmm. And, you know, it's, it's that great mystery that if we yoke ourselves to Jesus, we actually have tremendous freedom. When we unyoke ourselves from the Lord, then we begin to experience great restrictions and even slavery to things that can drag our souls to damnation because of the fact that we're now charting our own course. And so when we go back to that idea that we are called to serve others, we are called to react to others, we are called to do things for others in the name of mercy, it's a simple formula. Mm-hmm. Instead of working diligently to walk around the block so I don't have to encounter the homeless guy on the corner, I can simply walk up to the homeless guy on the corner and say, hey, what's your name? And at a minimum say, you know, I hope your day goes well. Mm-hmm. That dignity of the person, mm-hmm. acknowledging that dignity. How often do we see people, we walk right on by, we don't, we don't greet them, we don't acknowledge them. I'm in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember when Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray? And I always say, at the hour of mercy, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, that, that three o'clock hour. Yes. You know, so they saw the man lying there. Mm-hmm. And sure, he wanted money. Yes. And so, and Peter said, well, we don't have that. But what, but I-, what I have, I'm going to share with you. And, and so there are times that we don't have the very thing that the person may think that he or she needs. But we share ourselves. That's what we have. And we share that with the person. Because it doesn't mean that, you know, because I'm materially poor, (laughs) that I can't be of service to someone else who is materially poor. You know, I'm I'm just struck, Father, by the idea that it's such a simple gesture. It's it's like when, when we're in Mass, and we are encouraged to share a sign of peace that's community Mm -hmm. we look around and and you know my family we not only greet each other but we we try and extend peace through a wave or you know uh, different gestures but to to people we don't know but we're there celebrating the eucharist together Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking about the fact that i guess i'm experiencing some thoughts today about homeless folks And I'm thinking of the fact that if we talk about the idea that we're to live together in community, homeless folks create camps where they live together in community. And it's because they don't want to live alone by themselves, even in the difficult circumstances they find themselves in. And as someone who's not homeless, one of the things I think I'm challenged to do is look at Do I encourage them to live in community? Do I encourage them to be a part of my community? Do I encourage them to understand that that they're acknowledged and and they they have dignity and that they're welcome? Or do we just ignore them and and, and shear away from them as if they had the plague? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what we do. Because I think, as I said earlier on, sin removes us from people. You know, whereas mercy... Mercy impels us to go towards our brothers and sisters. It's just to be with them. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what we need to do. Of course, if we don't believe that there's any Jesus, then I can understand. 
But if we do believe in Jesus, then, then we say, why aren't we doing as Jesus did? You know, mm -hmm. Because he definitely, he came, he saw, <laughs> he made his judgment, mm -hmm. and he definitely acted by giving himself totally. And he calls <clears throat> us to act. Mm -hmm. he, call, he challenges us. Mm -hmm. Yep. to act on his behalf. Matthew 25, mm -hmm. 31 to 42, which is what drives Catholic charities. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, Lord, when, when did we do this for you? When you did it for the least of these. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that sense of outreach. Very few of us have the, the capability to impose ourselves into someone's society. Mm -hmm. We look for that invitation, uh, a sense of invitation so that we can say, I'd like to belong. And what I hear you saying loud and clear through my very biased ears is that we are challenged as Catholics to make sure that that invitation is always evident and, and available. And, and where does it begin? It begins in the family. It does. <laughs> That's the, you know, because when we have the breakdown in family life, then we have the breakdown of community. And if we don't have community at home, we don't know how to live in community outside. And we see it all around mm -hmm. us, the attack on the family. Yes. And I, I'm reminded of, uh, I'll call it the admonition of the Blessed Mother, uh, when she said in the final days, the attack will be on the family. Mm -hmm. And you're pointing out that as we see families challenged and struggling around us, it's not hard to look at our society and see that our, our society in many ways reflects the battle against the family. How do we reverse that, mm -hmm. Father? As we look to wrap up, how do we reverse that? What, what steps do we take? You know, so we, we have to go back to the family. You know, recently I spoke with, with a kid who has had 14 years of Catholic education and who who made the comment that that really Catholic education has not had much of an impact on her because she felt that things were being forced rather than it was not an invitation mm -hmm. but rather you know this is what you have to do and and that's not what community is. Mm -hmm. It's all about an invitation. And, and in a sense, we may have failed that young lady because we didn't teach or, or live community. And, and I think that, that if we create a culture, and I've been saying this about everything, if we create a culture of, of community, then it would be easy for someone to fit into this rather than feeling that they are excluded. I think that's profound. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of St. John Paul II um, and talking extensively about, you know, the basic structure for human ecology in today's world is the family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the beautiful part is, is I know when I go home at the end of the day, I have a family that welcomes me. We all need to be welcomed. Mm -hmm. And the love of Christ that exists in our hearts or should exist in our hearts, if it's truly there, then it should compel us to welcome others. Because if we go back to that first tenet of, of Catholic social teaching, the dignity and sacredness of each human life, we recognize what you read from Pope Benedict, that it's internal. 
that love is there. And if that love is there internally, then we can't help but extend that love externally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely. You're a you great know. teacher. You know, so I, I mean, and, and I think that this is one of the things that we have been trying to do with this podcast is that we're trying to build community, you know, um, community through social media, but it's trying to bring people together. Right. And to understand this. Right. Well, Father, can you wrap us up with a prayer that pulls this all together and, and invites the Holy Spirit to help us extend that invitation of community to others? Well, what, what I have thought of is that there is one of the retired bishops in Jamaica was Archbishop of Kingston. And well, I think he served in the three dioceses we have in Jamaica, served in Mandeville, Montego Bay and Kingston. And he always uses this prayer as a blessing. And and I have decided to imitate him. Well, let's go for it. So a good shout out to Archbishop (laughs) Charles Dufour. And it's like a blessing to So, go forth into the world in peace. Amen. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Support the weak. Help the faint-hearted. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Father, always great to spend time with you. Oh, ditto. Let's go create some community. Okay, let's go.